CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. Uh, today's topic is a journey to a better patient care life cycle, a case study in mobility. And our guests for today's show are Dale Potter, who is the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Transformation at the Ottawa Hospital. Good morning, Dale. How are you? Yeah, it's quite busy this time of year, but that's good. And it's warming up. Very good, good well. very good. And we also are going yeah. to be uh, having uh, Valerie Gamachi O'Leary, who's the CIO at the Ottawa Hospital as well. Good morning, Valerie. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm well today. Very good. So I've got this great uh, panel of guests. And frankly, what we wanted to talk to you about today is the experience and the journey, rather, about introducing mobility into the healthcare organization uh, that you both belong to and, and discuss what the challenges were, how did it all start, etc. So to get started and to basically set the stage, my first question will be for you, Dale, that when you are reviewing and looking for solutions related to delivering effective patient care and you were in that mode, how did you actually approach it? Were you looking at it in terms of fixing the time-consuming and other cumbersome issues that doctors face or was it primarily very patient focused and everything and anything and everything that you looked at you said i want to make sure that we handle the latent and explicit demands that are uh presented by the patients well i think it was probably a combination of all those things but in the very early days let me maybe just explain my background and that'll add some perhaps context uh, to my point of view um i joined the hospital in ottawa in august of 2008 so I'm coming into my fifth year, uh, and and that was my first foray into healthcare. Prior to that, I was a CIO with two large multinational organizations in the private sector. So I came into healthcare five years ago, not knowing anything about healthcare beyond what you know a, an average citizen might know. Um, and the reason I was brought in, in the, to steal the words of my boss, Dr. Kitts, the CEO, he said he wanted me to challenge the system. So to, to get back to your question, when I came into healthcare, a lot of my time I spent just wandering around. I would go up and sit on a unit and watch the activity, how the physicians interacted with patients, how the nurses interacted with patients or physicians or family members, and just all of the activity. And then, you know, one day I'd be up on a neonatal ward, another day I'd be down on a, you know, cancer outpatient ward, and I just move around. Uh, and what I observed that really disturbed me was the fact that a lot of technology over the last, say, two decades have been introduced into healthcare, but it's disrupted the natural workflow of physicians. So, for instance, rounding on patients, so going and actually uh, visiting with the patients for physicians happened in the conference room. It didn't happen at the bedside because there was so much information that they needed to assimilate. It wasn't practical to go from bedside to bedside, which is what they prefer to do. So when we looked at the concept of mobility, 
our program's actually branded back to the bedside for that reason. So, uh, Valerie, when you are looking at the same, uh, you know, situation and, and would love to understand the, the, the way you got involved in this uh, initiative, it, was it primarily to just look at, uh, you know, the execution side of it or were you sitting at the table along with all other stakeholders to see uh, what is it at stake here? Yeah, I was definitely at the at the table with the other stakeholders for sure in terms of looking at how we can actually improve the lot of the clinicians um, in providing care. Um, I've been with the hospital for a fairly long time and have been involved in implementing a lot of the electronic uh, solutions for clinicians. But I'm pretty I was pretty aware because of that of the of the deficiencies and. Uh, when we saw mobility come on to the forefront, so when the smartphone was was coming uh, becoming more ubiquitous initially, and then the iPads were coming in, I personally saw a technology solution that would finally work in healthcare because our clinicians are mobile, and then this the dawn of this new mobile technology in a in a form factor that's easy to carry around really signaled to me that we could potentially change the world with this. So I was I became sold very early on in terms of what the potential was and I in turn started to um, talk to my colleagues and other stakeholders to try to convince them to take a look at giving it a try. So we initially set up a pilot to to look at that to to see if we could actually take advantage of the technology. And quite frankly, um, our pilot was a lot more, well, it was very, very successful. I anticipated it would be successful, but it ended up to be significantly more successful than we anticipated. And the uptake and the requests to adopt the technology uh, were coming fast and furiously from the clinical community. And quite frankly, that's very different. In my position, I'm a CIO in a hospital. Typically, when they see me coming, when I say they, they the clinicians see me coming, they typically run away because um, they're looking at me as a change agent, and sometimes that's uncomfortable. In this situation, introducing mobility that gave them the information that they needed at the bedside where they wanted to, to provide care, they were actually chasing me down the hallways to get the technologies, which is a which is a, a, a big shift in culture. Now, uh, you, you both had your respective, uh, you know, backgrounds, and you came from, uh, and frankly, both of you had technology background. What was the input in or suggestions or uh, reluctance that from the stakeholder standpoint when you said, okay, let's try to do something for patient care and let's try to implement technology? Would you say the default or a knee-jerk reaction was, oh, this is going to be another better mousetrap approach or did you have something which is that compelling? They said, no, I think this really makes sense. Let's do it. Well, so, I, Dale, I think, what do you think would happen here? Well, there were a couple of tactics we used. Um, we have in something in the dimension of 3,000 iPads uh, deployed. So that covers all of our, our physician staff, all of our residents, uh, medical students, pharmacists, and, and others. And we did that. We're in our third year now. So we did that very, very quickly. But at the beginning, what we did was, as Val alluded to, we did a pilot and we didn't really sort of market or broadcast what we were doing. We just did a pilot and then people talked to each other. And 
when Val said the pilot was very successful, I remember one day I was walking down the hallway in one of our campuses, the general campus, and there was some kind of altercation going on between one of our staff and a pharmacist. And the pharmacist was in just tears and crying. And so I was curious what was happening. So I went up and asked and she said, they're taking my iPad. And she was part of the pilot. And what we had thought was that we would buy a number of iPads and try them here, take them away, try them there. We never ended up taking them away. We just kept rolling them out. So we did it quickly. Um, didn't really ask if, uh, like, you know, people to theorize how this might change the work. We just gave it to them and let them go through a discovery pro process of how it would change their work. And, and today, you know, in year three, it's interesting to observe that even physicians that do the same type of work, they use the tools in slightly, slightly different ways. We don't dictate how they use it. Um, we just provide them with a, a number of resources that they can tap into. So, Valerie, what do you think would be a set of pressing, obvious, and not-so-obvious challenges, which essentially became the very premise or the basis of uh, your IT organization and business coming together and say, let's try to solve them? Because you could have a problem which you could just live with and the other problems that are really hurting you. Were there some problems that you say would, which actually prompted both parties to really come together uh, and, and kind of make this happen? Well, I think, that, as I said before, I'm, I'm driven really in this position to help our clinicians. That's our core business. And quite frankly, over the last number of years, healthcare hasn't really met the needs of the clinicians as well as they might. You know, we have ancillary departments that we take care of, like the laboratory pharmacy and our imaging departments are well serviced by technology. But ironically enough, our clinical stakeholders who deliver care directly to the patients haven't been. So that was a motivating factor for, for me. And I saw, like I said, the potential of the technology. So I was motivated to overcome whatever barriers um, were being presented to us. And, you know, there, it wasn't for the faint of heart, I've got to be honest with you, because what we had to do is we have an electronic health record. What we decided to do is to actually build a pilot of uh, a native web viewer, excuse me, <clears throat> on the uh, iPad. And that took a little bit of um, convincing of various folks, both within my own organization and with the, or with the hospital in general, to let us uh, take a stab at, at doing that. And we engaged a third party of really young teenagers from one of the local universities that just graduated and started a small company and offered services and development and design of iPad applications and had quite an impressive CV, quite frankly, given their age. So we engaged with them, and we, we put them beside our team of experts internally who understand all the hospital systems and our electronic health record, and together they were able to, in a very short window, uh, develop a, a viable pilot. So for me, it was testing whether we could actually do this because it was a bit of an unknown. I mean, we went, we stepped into that. So that was definitely one challenge. Once we were convinced that we had something that would work, the next challenge was really getting it out into the organization and, and seeing if it if what we thought uh, would work would work for our clinicians. Now we're just serving them up. Remember the same electronic health record, just in a different form factor. So we did that. That wasn't ended up 
it wasn't a challenge, quite frankly, because we were being chased and asked to, to um, deploy more iPads. I'd say the third biggest challenge, and it's not to be underestimated because we're a very large organization, is how do you, A, uh, make sure all the technology infrastructure is there to actually support it. So we had to look at the capacity of our wireless network, we had to look at the capacity of our infrastructure team uh, who traditionally was used to deploying desktops, and we had to um, re-educate them and introduce uh, uh, competencies around supporting mobile technologies and deploying mobile technologies. We had to deploy, quite frankly, in a, in a very short order, some 3,000 iPads across our clinicians. So that's, that sounds... Um, simple. It truly isn't. Things have to be coordinated and well executed. And what we did in that instance is actually um, just engage a number of uh, part-time temporary people to shore up our own internal desktop group to get that deployment done very, very quickly and efficiently. And then I think uh, another challenge, and this is more a challenge around sustainment, is these are now an integral part of our clinical workflow. So after three years, our clinicians depend on these absolutely 100% of the time. So the challenge then becomes make, to, to make sure that the systems are up and running, that the, the wireless network is available everywhere on the campus, um, and that we're able to um, look after any updates or upgrades um, using technologies like uh, you know, uh, mobile management technologies to do that easily. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back. And when we come back, let's look at the possibility of any other organization which may have utilized a hardware tool like an iPad or a set of applications. But does that really result in, in the end goal properly met, maybe helping the clinicians and basically at the end of the day, helping the patients. So what could be the difference in the journey conducted at Ottawa versus any other hospital? And there is, of course, hindsight 2020. So what lessons that could be learned to how to have this journey be uh, you know, experienced? What, what could we do and what are good things to do and what not, not to be done? So please stay tuned. We'll explore when we come back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Dale, basically we have other hospitals must be thinking that they also want to improve the patient care. And, and of course, you did it, and you did it successfully. Number one, somebody had to make a business case, so you had to make it a priority. And then, secondly, you had to have this journey uh, be taken in, on in such a way so that the right people. And a lot of things have to – a lot of pieces of the puzzle had to come together. So what was this journey like and and if you were to when you when you took this on was the pressure on to make it a success or was it something that let's give it our best shot Um well there's there's a number of questions there I'll try to to touch on all of them For us and I would say this is true of many hospitals um one of the the core technologies that hospitals strive to get to is a technology that allows them to do electronic ordering for medications, for laboratory tests, and uh, electronic uh, imaging, uh, diagnostic imaging. And we were on the doorstep of, of that. And I had a problem, and I was at a bit of a a deadlock with my boss and the, the senior leadership of the hospital because I refused to implement computerized so-called computerized physician order entry or CPOE as it's called in this hospital because I you know it's been proven over and over again that uh, a physician's at a bedside a patient isn't feeling well and the physician realizes that they need to make an adjustment to their medication dose the thought of them going back to a PC at the nursing workstation or logging into a PC at the bedside will not happen it just takes too long so when it, just by chance, when this discussion was going on at the hospital, the iPad became known on the marketplace and was was new. So there wasn't really a uh, business case, Sanjog. There was it was more that if you want me to implement the, the electronic ordering, I will only do it if we use this form factor. That that may be different for other organizations, and they'll have to justify it differently. Um, but that was the driver for us <clears throat> in in many capacities. It, it drove our timing. So we had to roll out the the iPad. In our case, that was the only game in town, so that's the one we, we chose. Um, we had to roll out the form factor ahead of rolling out the electronic orders, so that caused us to go very quickly. We had to buy the devices uh, for the care providers, physicians, and others because the BYOD concept, which we've now embraced. We have people bringing their own devices, but in order for us to get coverage and know that people could do their orders on the the mobile form factor, uh, the iPad, we had to buy them and so on. It drove a lot of decisions. Now, in hindsight, we have some uh, research going on to find out, you know, what is the actual ROI, but anecdotally, there's a few things that are quite telling. Val alluded to one that Physicians will drive home and pick up their iPad if they forgot it on their kitchen table in the morning and drive back to work because they really, really find it difficult to get through their day without 
because it's changed the way they, they go about their work. That's one thing. A second uh, item of consideration is last year was the first year that we were actually removing more PCs from the environment than we were installing uh, in terms of new PCs. So in the operating rooms, for instance, we would have as many as five or six PCs for all of the people involved in the operating procedure. Now we, they use the, the uh, iPad form factor to access their information, and they appreciate the extra space rather than having a, a PC there. Um, so those are a couple of anecdotes. Also, our, our patients are much more engaged as a, a last anecdote, I suppose, but an important one. Uh, so the, the care providers are at the bedside, and they can show graph trends of, you know, laboratory results. So they can show a, an X-ray or an MRI image and explain, see that white circle there? That's the problem. And let me explain what it is. And, and when I walk around, it's very satisfying to see the physicians engaged at a different level with the patients. So, Valerie, when you look at uh, this particular initiative and, and you mentioned that clinicians were very satisfied with this effort, would you say that that's about majority of what constitutes the patient care life cycle, or would you say starting from a patient registration all the way when they are out and recovering inside or outside the, the hospital, would you say mobility has the potential to touch all of those areas and you you in this particular phase you just covered the clinician side or there were any other areas that also got impacted positively well i think um to answer the question there's certainly a lot of potential outside of outside of the space that we focused on initially and we learned those lessons as we were discovering to be quite frank so you you mentioned patient registration well if you can imagine the emergency department where we we actually have patients going right through triage into a bed without being registered. Imagine uh, registration clerks being able to use a mobile device to go to the bedside. The same idea. So there is potential there for sure. Um, and it, and uh, for patients outside of the hospital, so we deal with like a million outpatients a year uh, typically, and uh, patients are often being scheduled into appointments. Wouldn't it be great if a, if a patient could, from their smartphone, access uh, a view of their scheduled appointments with the hospital and request any kinds of changes if they needed to do that? So it, it, it like every, any other industry, offers a lot of potential, and, and it'll be our challenge to be able to meet the demands because, quite frankly, our, our other stakeholders, not the clinicians, see the potential as well and are lining up at our doors. So, I mean, in a, in a, in a fairly long career, this is the most popular I frankly have been in a very long time because of, because of the, the new form factor. So given that the, your, your team is popular, what you did is really making waves, and now you got a very enthusiastic uh, business client who says, here is the money, show me what you can do next. With that said, and it is a scalable approach, you can put in more individuals and teams together and you can bring more technology. What would at all be a, a reason to slow down? Dale. Uh, that's a good question um, because it hasn't been in our mind to, to, uh, recently to slow down. It's, it's how can we keep up with the demand. Um, I think 
you know, the tablet technology, the iPad, the Samsung Galaxy, and Andro- other Android devices, they're certainly a disruptive technology. Um, maybe the the most disruptive technology, I would argue, since the introduction of the PC, potentially. Um, so certainly in the early days, everything was unknown because we were the this point last year, we were, by Gardner's measurement, the largest healthcare implementation in the world and the seventh largest of all industries in terms of tablet deployment. Um, what would cause us to slow down? I can't see in in the like the three to five year horizon. I just see the demands climbing. Um, you know, to Valerie's comments about extending this into other areas we wouldn't have imagined it it coming to like registration and other more clerical um, activities that are quite important orderlies and other support staff i would imagine will have mobility in the very near future all the way into the patients and family members that we we serve um, i think they'll be demanding access to certain information and certain types of interaction through email or, you know, short text messaging, those types of things. So I just see the demand going up. Now, Valerie, don't you think that while uh, we can buy these iPads and other tablet and, uh, you know, PDA devices and or do BYOD or have them bring uh, their own. Regardless, the experience is not about just having a form factor. It also is what you do with the very applications that you put in there. And that requires the background so that uh, you, you understand what the personas are, what is the usability side, how intuitive it is so that people are not struggling to use the new app versus taking care of the patient at the bedside. So that is, is an, an animal in itself, a beast in itself. And with with the with of course the project that is going on, those things were uh, the the assumption is that those things were given due care, or would you say that different things were tried, and eventually whatever we have today is the best that you can get to, or there are some subsequent improvement also that you foresee. Well, I think you're right. That is a beast in and of itself, and I think we we made um, a strategic move early on, and I think maybe that might have been. Uh, against the the wishes of our internal staff, quite frankly, and that was to engage somebody and a group that understood the form factor and understood how we could uh, develop and design an application that it was extremely user friendly. We have a lot of experience internally doing that on PC based systems, but not in this form factor. So I think there were a lot of lessons. In the, and if I could advise people. I would definitely go down that route. If you're looking at developing your own applications, you really need somebody that understands the design concepts and the and the the possibilities of the form factor. And what we typically do um, when we're looking at like a need, and, and we're let's say we're growing the electronic health record because we're we're adding functionality to that mobile device every single day. So when we um, are looking at uh, enhancing the features or function, we'll do that with a small design group. We'll meet with clinicians or physicians to understand what the needs and the requirements are. We'll iterate 
uh, we'll do a couple of iterations and, and pass it through them. We'll actually pilot it with a small group to make sure that it is usable, and then we'll take the feedback and we'll incorporate the feedback, and then before we get into a, a broad release across the organization. And taking that sort of stepped approach has really, really helped us um, to, you know, to ensure that uh, we continue to improve and deliver value in, into the organization. Let's take a quick uh, uh, quick break, listeners. When we come back, let's explore this build, rent, buy type of predicaments that we have in IT whenever business asks for a functionality. So why is it any different for mobility? Yes, there is uh, pride in getting something done or created from scratch, and we are able to feel good about uh, creating value for the business. But then if there is so much of uh, mobile infrastructure available on the cloud, there are some providers who are providing, uh, you know, off-the-shelf applications which are specifically for healthcare. Why do it from scratch? Would it not increase the length of time it will take for you to really create value? How an organization can determine whether they should build, buy, or rent if they were to go into this mobility bandwagon. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Valerie, question is, why should we do anything in-house given the whole world is trying to use things on demand? You could get your infrastructure on demand. You could have applications being uh, made available uh, on the cloud or there are third-party off-the-shelf or SaaS-based services available. So why take the pain when you already have a spilling plate? Well, that's a really good question. So I'm going to um, go back in time now three to three years ago. So at that point in time with the technology footprint that we have in place in our applica- a suite of applications, 
Um, although there was talk of providing mobility, there was nothing I could go and buy. It just didn't exist. And I would challenge that in healthcare, certainly the the large healthcare vendors, even to this day, are having are are challenged to deliver a mobile solution. So I really was in a situation where we saw something that was potentially uh, groundbreaking and and and. Um, adding a lot of value, but I would have to wait, and I didn't know how long I would have to wait to do that. So quite frankly, we we talked about that internally, and we thought, okay, like if, if vendors are going to make this available in three to five years, then we'll consider at that point in time um, adopting the solutions that they ultimately develop. But in the meantime, we really need to satisfy the demands of our clinicians. And to the point that Dale raised earlier, there was really no way, and, 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 and we've proven it since then, that we really saw our physicians doing order entry without being mobile, um, having the, the ability to do that in a mobile situation. So since that time, we've actually deployed uh, a mobile order entry, and it is extremely popular. So that, to me, um, justifies or rationalizes the reasons for going ahead early. If that situation changes um, in the coming years, we'll reassess annually to see whether the direction needs to change. But in the me- it, 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 for the time being, it's working very, very well for us. In other h- hospitals, um, if they're... Um, if their vendors uh, are offering something that's associated with their electronic record that's mobile that actually covers the suite of functionality that clinicians would be looking for, then by all means, I, I would probably look to that initially. Um, but th- certainly that wasn't the case three years ago for us and still actually, quite frankly, isn't. Now, so Dale, do you think that the world in healthcare and mobility in general, have they come to any sorts of standards, best practices, benchmarks that you feel we can all measure ourselves? Maybe three years ago we did not have, but now we do, so now we can refine it to that uh, the best level possible and feel good about it? Um, I would say it's still in the very early days. I mean, while we have moved quickly and, and um, you know, we're very aggressive in terms of our posture around implementing mobility. Uh, other organizations didn't have the same uh, motivations or drivers, uh, so they're watching. There's a lot of, it seems like every month there's a new conference or a new publication, you know, that the, since we've been implementing the, the term M-Health has been... Uh, coined and adopted when prior to that it was e-health. Uh, so I, I, I don't think, I haven't seen sort of a, a standard approach or platform uh, in terms of uh, best practices and things like that. I, I think over the next three to five years as people embrace the, the, the you know, tablet form factors and the mobile concepts, I think that will uh, evolve and mature. Now, coming to the actual usage of the devices, of course, uh, we all want everyone to work every second of the day while during business hours, but then there is definite temptation to use an iPad to open up Netflix or YouTube and watch a video while eating lunch or even otherwise. 
How is that looked at by business and by IT? Is it still the command and control approach or people are frowning on it? Dale. Um, well, I would actually ask Valerie to answer that question. That's more in her domain. Okay, Valerie, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think um, that, that's, a good, that's a really good question, and, and we thought about that very early on um, because we didn't. A lot of people take the approach of wanting to lock down devices, but I don't know if, if you've worked with physicians or not. I, I, they're not inclined to to have people limit what they're able to do. So our intent was to give them a device that they could they could use to complete their work, but not to lock them down. So we we basically leave it wide open. We set some some guidelines, obviously, but we don't restrict their use of uh, YouTube because, quite frankly, they can look um, up on the net for clinical videos that are very informative and helpful for them to see. So we didn't limit that. We keep an eye on it to make sure that people aren't uh, abusing it. And, it, to, you know, in three years, we really haven't had any situations where that's caused us difficulty. Where, where it's helped us, though, is we're not, um, we're not providing our clinicians with a, uh, a, sing, a, a device that's strictly used for work and then ask them to carry their own personal device beside it. So I've been in organizations where they take, uh, you know, a very strict view of how uh, work devices are used, and you see clinicians with uh, two smartphones, one beside each other, or the two beside each other, one for work and one for personal use. Well, that just doesn't make sense, really. And I think if we expected to get the uptake that we have gotten, we have to understand that there is an element in this with this technology that's going to be for personal use. And for me, that just makes them more uh, married to the actual device. So ultimately, they'll learn to use it and they'll use it for both purposes and ultimately accomplish the purposes of the hospital or meet the needs of the hospital at the same time. Now, Dale, do you think there could or should be a very hard metrics and KPIs when someone initially starts this mobility-related journey? And if did you have any? And then once you, of course, were almost towards the end or now that you can look back, can you measure or, or benchmark against the original KPIs and, and numbers that you may have set and, and that you used even to build your business case initially to get the funding for it? And now can you say, yes, we, we aced that number? Um, I'd like to, but I I can't say that. Mobility was so new that and there really were no... You know, as we looked around our industry and other industries, um, people were watching it, but it was very, very new. So the business case and the funding was sold on the promise of more effective healthcare delivery and value for money. But that was a promise. What we've learned since then is, um, for instance, you know, the world I described uh, that we we came out of three years ago where clinical decisions around a patient's care were, were taken in a conference room with the very experienced attending physicians and then residents, um, learning physicians would go off and interact with the patients or family members. That world has left us and now the attending physicians see every one of their patients at least once a day, which it provides a, a better level of care, and it, I could go on with anecdotes. What we have done, though, is we've engaged with 
three, four universities um, in different capacities to come in and objectively measure what you know, what gain, uh, productivity gains or uh, satisfaction gains have we achieved through uh, implementing mobility? Is there in fact a financial return on investment, and and so on? So that I think is extremely important for us to do because you know we, we took a chance and went aggressive, and it's been very successful. It could have been a big failure, but it wasn't. Uh, for us, we need to share our learnings now with others so that they can use that information to, to bring to their management and their senior leadership so that, to make a case for their mobility deployment. Valerie, would you say that uh, the, the first set of things that you did was the most important and most critical at that time? Now you look back, do you think if somebody had to start over, would you have attempted of like, you know, would you have identified that, okay, number one, if I'm going to use mobility in healthcare, this is the area we should, you know, uh, attempt to fix first and or, or address using mobility. This is the second and this is the third. Well, I'd, I'd say that, well, I mean, maybe we were lucky or maybe it was an educated guess in terms of where we should focus, but we got that right. There's no question. Like we, we looked at what information the clinicians use the most frequently as they delivered uh, care and what they would need to have at their fingertips wherever they were, and we tackled that piece. We didn't deliver it all at once. We delivered maybe a third of what they typically access through a desktop, and then we let them sort of guide us through the next pieces until we built out access to the full electronic health record and then mobility uh, on for CPOE. I'd say... Um, Tackling the next places, um, it, we, see, we really have a lot of options at our fingertips because now what, what this has actually uh, done for us is now we have a, a mobile uh, technology in clinicians' hands. So it opens up a lot of possibilities. So we're exploring things like uh, standardizing business processes and introducing alerting to the actual devices. So I'll give you a for instance. Uh, we're exploring... Um, implementing some standard processes between the emergency departments and the clinic clinicians on the floors who need to consult to determine whether a patient should be uh, brought in as an inpatient or not from the emergency department. Well, in the past, uh, that was typically done. That contact between the emergency physicians and the and the consultants from medicine or vascular surgery or the other inpatient services was done by pager basically. You'd page the person from the emergency department. When the consultant felt like calling back and saying that they were available, they, they did that. But there was, there was a real latency and, and really nobody knew when that person would call back. And if, if they didn't, then they, we'd have to start the cycle. Now with this kind of technology at our fingertips, we can actually introduce things like um, sending alerts from the emergency department or requests for consults directly to the uh, clinician or the inpatient clinician's smartphone or iPad, have them acknowledge that they've received it, force them to actually enter a time that they would be coming down to the department, the emergency department, and then tracking all of that information, 
over time to see if there are, are programs that are delinquents in terms of servicing the emergency department or not. So we're, we're listening to our various stakeholders across the organization coming up with thoughts around how this technology now can can be even leveraged even further. And we're like I said before, we're, we're doing small pilots around, the, around those areas to see where we can take this. But it's a learning. I mean, we, every day we're learning the capabilities because it's relatively new. And we're learning through some of the, the pilots that we're, we're doing. Um, so one pilot that we have running in our inpatient wards is actually bringing together um, the what we call the circle of care. So we have uh, physicians, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, nurses, social workers, all that provide care to a, a patient uh, when they're an inpatient. And using smart technology and communications with smartphones, we've now linked communications tightly between these all of these folks who actually provide care to the patients. So rather than them trying to find a phone number and chase down a person, they can actually go online in this pilot, see who, who is actually a member of the, of the circle of care, and be able to text them right from their, their smart device or to, you know, or, or to look at what's on their list of things to do and see when they anticipate getting their task done cause as a, it, it, in case it drives what they need to do next as a, as a professional. So I would say the world's our oyster at this point. I think this, this uh, offers uh, a lot of possibilities. Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, Dale, let's talk about this uh, security aspect of mobility. I'm sure you've been asked that 20 million times about security. So, so uh, in, you know, integral to anytime anyone is going to take data on the move and or on the go, you feel that you've lost control. Is it truly that bad when it comes to implementing mobility in a compliance-heavy area or vertical such as healthcare? If yes, then how do you uh, take care of those issues? Or if nothing else, at least the paranoia that might exist, which would prevent adoption in many cases. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Joe All. 
To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Dale, when we talk about security, of course, that becomes a damper for many of the initiatives, especially in a very compliance-heavy area such as healthcare. So when you started it out and as you went about your journey, how many different flavors of issues, paranoia, concerns that were raised, which you had to kind of battle with? Well, I'll, I'll talk for a couple of minutes, uh, Sanjog, and then perhaps Val can, can fill it in as well because uh, the security aspect sits under her portfolio. But early on, um, we had to figure out what the best approach was to to satisfy the regulatory authorities um, here in Canada, the um, Privacy Commissioner's Office, who are responsible for legislating and dictating what what are good practices around protecting patient health information. So the development approach, after looking at many different models, the development approach we took then and still take today is that no health information is stored locally on the device. We pro- prohibit that from happening uh, through various technology approaches. The health information, what we've done and the development that Val was discussing before, is we created a container for data, a user interface, and that's populated from primarily our electronic health record, but also you know, images are brought up from our um, imaging repository, a lab information is brought up from the lab system. Uh, so there's many sources of information, um, and those are all streamed. So when I had with the Privacy Commissioner's Office and Val did, what we did is we said that, we, you know, nothing is stored on the device, and as you move from from record to record, the, the caches are cleared and the device is safe. And Val actually went um, one step further, and we hired um, – ethical hackers from the Department of National Defense and gave them some devices that had been in active use for some time and challenged them with with finding health information. They found a few security issues that we fed back to Apple that weren't really associated with our application. So in summary, to the extent that you can stream data across a network or, or 3G, if that's the vehicle you're using, that's a good practice. And the challenge on the reverse side is limiting what people can store on the device. And the mobile device management software have multi-tenancy capabilities uh, that can dictate what you can save and can't. Do you have anything to add, Val, to that? Uh, no, I think you've covered pretty much. I, uh, one of the things uh, or one of the architecture components that you absolutely require, obviously, is is a mobile management software of some sort. And those softwares have grown to provide a lot of various capabilities in terms of protecting the device itself. So um, we ha- uh, if a device is lost or stolen, um, we're able to remotely wipe the device um, of any information. 
Uh, not that it has any patient information, but any email, anything we can shut down. The other thing that it offers is we can, should we choose. Although we've left, like we said, like I said before, we've left open the 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 use of the iPad. We can actually lock down what icons actually uh, show up when physicians or clinicians are on campus versus when they go home at night. So we could theoretically. Uh, limit access to YouTube only when they're off campus. So you, that use of that mobile software technology is really critical, and you have to think a lot about how you're going to actually deploy that. But the the combination of des, of doing proper app designs, I would say, is absolutely essential. So you can design an application that take that leaves and stores information on the system on the actual device itself. We didn't do that. And we've gone through, you know, uh, privacy and, and, and threat risks assessments, and we go through them pretty much annually to make sure that everything is kosher. And, and as Dale said, we, we engage some ethical hackers to make sure that we're, we're, we're not vulnerable. So I think it's something, it's a space where you really have to pay a lot of attention um, to ensure that you've got all the aspects of the design down and the aspects of your uh, sustainment processes down. Uh, one last question, Dale. If you had to relive this journey, would you do it any differently? And secondly, what's your message from a leadership standpoint for the other folks who are in ITN or in business but within healthcare who want to adopt mobility? Well, in my, my roughly 25 years of being in and around technology delivery, this, I have to say, has been the most satisfying experience. Uh, a little unnerving, I would say, at times, since we were very much uh, out front and, and often we didn't know what we would face. But um, would I do things differently? I, I, I don't think I would. Um, we've gotten to a good place, and there were no major issues. I mean, there were issues, but n no showstoppers along the way. I would say it was a great learning experience. Um, in terms of advice to other leaders, my my core advice would be, you know, if you see the need, uh, a need and uh, benefit for mobility in the type of operations that you run, go go for it and, and just pilot it, get it out there, and you'll find that it, it will, the change process will just happen. From a perspective, the piece of advice is, is don't lock the device down too tightly. Um, we as, as technologists have lived in a world like that where we, we lock everything down very, very, very tight, strong passwords and limit what people can do and can't do. I think the the future is that we're going to have to um, manage partnerships with our employees and others uh, in a different way. So I, I think that's something that I would uh, advise leaders to look for. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Dale and Valerie, for sharing your thoughts and actually this journey uh, where you were able to build a better patient care uh, using mobility. That's been my pleasure. Yeah, it was, it's been a great experience. Thank you so much again. And listeners, if you have any questions uh, for Dale and or Valerie, uh, please send us to views at CIOtalkradio.com. That is views at CIOtalkradio.com. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. 
Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sunjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to-assist, remote support made easy. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions and Siemens Smart Grid.